We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host here on Rotoviz Overtime. It is Sean Siegel. Sean, we're uh, flying through the off season, closing in on the draft, closing in on 200 episodes off the podcast. As we mentioned on the last couple of shows, we're going to be doing a contest as we hit number 200. We're going to be hitting that around the first week of uh, May. It's hard to believe we're already uh, into April, getting close to May. So as things move forward. Again, if you want to get into that, we will be giving some more details later in the show as to how you can get yourself the opportunity to win. But Sean, uh, just shortly before we started recording today, um, James Conner uh, in the news signs a deal with the Cardinals and Giovanni Bernard in the news over the last couple of days signed a deal with the Buccaneers. So some running back moves happening. We're seeing some bits of news trickle through. Uh, interesting times. Um, I don't know if you feel strongly about either of those moves. I think the Geo one's going to be interesting uh, based on his profile and how Brady has used those pass catching running backs. Um, I think James Connor's an interesting fit as well with the Cardinals. But uh, how has that news been received uh, by yourself? Yeah, those are some interesting selections. I think that Bernard, uh, even with 
the struggles he had as a runner last year is an interesting pass catching back you know fits what the teams like to do with that especially teams as you mentioned who have a quarterback like Tom Brady so I think this is a little bit of a dagger for Leonard Fournette owners who were hoping that he would be able to uh, do the same kinds of things that he did in the playoffs probably most people are not expecting that they know Ronald Jones is going to jump back up and, and create a committee as an early down runner which takes away enough of the value that his ADP is going to be a little bit lower uh the Buccaneers continue to talk up Keyshawn Vaughn and say he's someone who could have a breakthrough in his second year. Uh, the actions, I think, probably speak louder than words in terms of these moves. It'll be interesting to see you know, if they make uh, any other moves here. Trades are a little bit trickier in the NFL, but we've seen more of those in the last couple of years. We'll look and see if someone does depart from this backfield. The James Conner move, I think, is interesting. Conner, one of those backs that when he is extremely expensive like he was last year to start the season for the Steelers. Not someone that you want to chase, not someone that you want to take the risk on early. But now that he's in a situation here with Arizona Cardinals who uh, generated a lot of points for someone like Kenyon Drake, who's not a particularly talented running back, uh, he becomes pretty interesting. Now, if that cost really jumps up again, if you have a lot of owners who are betting on him to be the starter, then you want to stay away. But Chase Edmonds had a good season last year, probably still the favorite for the a lot of those receiving touches, high-value touches there. It'll be interesting to see how they break down some of the other touches, obviously inside the 5, inside the 10 are going to be key touches for that team with as much running as they've done down there uh, in the red zone last season. So I like this. You know, we've been breaking down the draft that Sam and I have done over the last several weeks uh, on recent shows. And Connor was one of our, our more recent picks. I like the way that's panned out, at least for the short term here. It's again this kind of situation where once you get into areas of the draft where the cost is no longer prohibitive, once you don't really have to pay or worry that these guys, you know, are they going to stay in the lead job? Are they going to get hurt? Those types of things. Then stockpiling running backs like this is, you know, really what we talk about all the time, the way that you want to play zero RB Sometimes in these dynasty leagues, you can do it even a little bit more effectively because there are so many roster spots. And so you can get up six, seven, eight, nine, ten running backs, or maybe in a redraft league, you're feeling a little bit less comfortable. You know, you only have five or six, you're really grinding uh, the waiver wire. Sometimes those waiver picks work out, sometimes they don't. But Connor, I think an interesting running back within that context, I was hoping that maybe one of the interesting rookies would land there and become a big time star. Uh, that looks a little bit less likely. Now, it's still possible to add someone late, but one of the things that you do notice when you look at the Cardinals and try and figure out their draft plan, they only have one pick between rounds three and six. And so you're really looking at them taking a running back early, which they have some other needs, or taking a running back really late, probably not a big threat to Edmonds and Connor. So we'll see how this works out. I think these are interesting moves here. Connor definitely is jumping up in value as a result of signing with the Cardinals. Yeah, I think so. And uh, today's show, we're going to be talking a lot about value. We're going to be looking at how you can basically win your dynasty startup leagues in year one. We'll be kind of comparing the ADP in redraft versus the ADP in dynasty and how maybe there is some edges to be made if you want to go 
really uh, head first into trying to win that championship in the opening year of the league. We're going to be doing it specifically in relation to the Triflex Dynasty League. So we mentioned on last week's show, it's with the FFPC teamed up with Rotoviz and uh, the new Triflex formula is uh, pretty intriguing. We're going to be using that as our setup for this. So just to remind the listeners, we did touch on it last week. It's a one quarterback as your standard lineup, but it is a super flex option. Two running backs have to start, three wide receivers have to start, one tight end has to start, and then you have two standard flex spots then after that. So uh, a really interesting format, and then there's no kickers or defenses either. So when we when we look down through it, it's going to be based off that, but you can basically uh, compare it to most of your uh, standard super flex leagues as well. So Sean, uh, you have kind of done the run through of the, uh, the rounds here, and uh, we're going to start off with round one. Obviously, I think when we get to round one, if you're looking at standard formats, Christian McCaffrey is the guy that people are going to go with. When we look into a super flex format, then can alter that. It's going to be quite uh, quarterback heavy in that opening round. So if you're looking like this draft that we're going to start kind of comparing, if you're in that mid-range of the round, it's going to give you a good uh, gauge of who would be there in each specific round. So we're going to say in the midpoint, we're starting off with those quarterback picks. There is a chance that Christian McCaffrey would be there. So highlighting Christian McCaffrey as the ideal target in that fifth sixth seventh spot perhaps and then the fallback candidate is the other section that we're going to look at is who is the next option if maybe you're a little bit further towards the back off that right and don't have the option to make that pick so we talked a lot last year Sean about Dalvin Cook and uh, how much uh, you liked him heading into last season proved to be a very very good uh, judge of how that season was going to run for Dalvin Cook so when we're looking at Superflex uh, in this format we're looking to dive in get the win this coming season so in that scenario do you think we're better to go like the listeners maybe this is a little bit of a tease but go for those more veteran quarterbacks later in the draft and load up on that uh, redraft talent maybe we'll call it um, those more veteran running backs those more veteran wide receiver talented players yeah so as you mentioned these Rotoviz triflex leagues have been extremely popular and you can see why it's a very very fun format to play here you and i talk all the time about the perpetual championship window and frequent listeners know how we like to play it how we like to play dynasty and uh, you know competing right from the beginning loading up with a lot of young guys moving some of our future picks into the current year and then as that goes through you know continuing to trade our young guys you know constantly reload constantly reload but that doesn't mean that's the only way to play. And when we have some of these fun formats like this where you could come out and win in the first year with a, an approach that maybe doesn't sustain quite as well but has some interesting elements to it, we want to make sure we present those ideas as well. So I have this article coming out on the site later in the week, as you mentioned. And what we're trying to do is figure out how we can exploit the differences in ADP across different formats to, to win this season. Right. And as you mentioned, the super flex leagues, the quarterbacks go very, very early. If you look and uh, sign up for one of the FFPC best ball super flex leagues, which are a ton of fun, Blair Andrews and I have already done a lot of these. We have information up on the site, both in the tools and in the best ball workshop that I'm doing about how to win those leagues very consistently. A great format for that. But one of the things that you find is all of the quarterbacks go very, very early. The good quarterbacks go in the first round. The mediocre quarterbacks go very shortly after that. And then the bad quarterbacks are still coming off the board the fifth, sixth, seventh round. So even if you wait, you're going to have to take those quarterbacks very early. 
one of the things that we find when we look at Dynasty ADP, both within the FFPC and some of these other formats that we've discussed, including the draft that Sam and I have been doing, is that because it's Dynasty, these veteran quarterbacks who maybe only have a couple of years left, who are still pretty good, they're going to go much, much later. And the explanation of that is very obvious. You're not necessarily going to have them around for a long time. But what that does do is create an environment or a scenario in which if you do want to wait and take them to win at the beginning, you can. And so the value of waiting becomes more significant, right? So we talk all the time about how we want to draft from round one all the way through, but we also want to reverse draft so that we understand what's going to happen later. So if we start, say, in round 15 and move backward, then we can see which quarterbacks might be there and why we might want to wait or how we could execute it if we decided to wait. And one of the things that you do find is that in these dynasty formats, you can get those quarterbacks a little bit later, which opens up that first round if you want to be contrarian. And so that's what we're going to do in this draft. And like you mentioned, we're going to take Christian McCaffrey. If he's not there, we're going to take Dalvin Cook. Those have been the two backs who are really, really highly prized in redraft leagues. And if you can't get the first one, if you can't get McCaffrey, the real star, then you can still get Cook a little bit later. So by waiting and not chasing these star QBs, then we can have just incredible power at the running back position. And then, Colin, when we wrap back in to round two, one of the things that we find is that Travis Kelsey, the superstar tight end who's going sometimes even in the first six picks in best ball formats and redraft formats, is still there. He's into his 30s. You're not necessarily going to get him for a long time. But if you want to put maybe the two biggest impact players in all of fantasy football together in this win-the-first-year dynasty approach, you often can. So Travis Kelsey... Our pick, George Kittle, our fallback pick. Colin, what do you think about starting here with a superstar running back, superstar tight end to give us both of those key positions covered right from the get-go? I think the one thing I would probably do here, I know it's probably going to be a little bit counterproductive uh, to our <laughs> kind of going straight in, but I don't think it's actually really going to affect it that much, but also would give us that longer-term security. I think if we put the uh, pick to George Kittle and put the, the fall back to Travis Kelsey, I think that gives you similar upside this coming season, but also gives you value that Kittle's going to maintain. Obviously, these things could change, but based on age profile, um, I think that Kittle is likely going to stay at that higher end value over the next three to four years. So I think that's just me going back to trying to see what players we could possibly move on then in two, three, four years' time. Um and I don't think Kelsey's probably going to have that maintained value. Um, so I, I probably would just switch that, but I, I agree with the, the option of going for Christian McCaffrey there early on to try and to try and jumpstart that. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later, I'm sure, as well, but the concern here, Sean, and how much concern would you have that it is a takeaway from what we would normally plan? Maybe that's why I'm feeling so uncomfortable about it, but if you do go in like this and it doesn't work out in year one, how much trouble do we get ourselves into moving forward? Well, you're going to be you're going to be in a lot of trouble, right? And that's one of the reasons why these opportunities are available to start with. And again, it's not necessarily the way that we recommend, but I think that if you're going to play, say, ten leagues, and maybe not everybody who listens plays that many leagues, but do some different things, experiment with some different approaches. Don't do the exact same thing every time, even if you feel like it's the dominant approach, because then you won't learn as much. You want to put yourself in some uncomfortable positions, especially if there are some very clear upsides. So it's going to be uncomfortable if you lose, if you're trying to figure out how to 
keep this team going through time. But we'll look at that a little bit as we move through the draft. I think that some of these guys may hold their value a little bit better than people are thinking, may give you a few more years. One of the things, even with young players, is that if you look at the collapse numbers, even for younger guys, they're not as good as you would think. So one of the things that you do when you have these younger guys, it's not even necessarily protecting the points as much as it's protecting the trade value. Trade value is the key for Dynasty. And so if we have a bad season for some of these guys, we've picked. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Specifically to win in year one, then their trade value does drop. One of the things that you're hoping to do is make sure you're managing all of your picks and managing your rookie picks in a way that you're not giving away a lot of value at any particular point. So even if your team is more fragile, it also is loaded with more current year upside and also just not having had an inconsistent build to where you're then looking at, well, which direction am I wanting to go? Right. If you have internal consistency within the build, it's going to be helpful for you there. And so I think getting this huge advantage early on is interesting. We'll look at just how big that advantage is once we get to the end of the draft. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters, the more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. So shall we move through into round three? I think what we'll do, just to, to get as many of the picks and as many of the processes in together, we'll start to group these together a little bit. But round three, the pick is Stefan Diggs, and the fallback option would have been DeAndre Hopkins, two wide receivers who we've talked a lot about over the years on the, the podcast, um, two players we really like. And then after that is two players we talk about uh, a number of <laughs> different times in the podcast, but usually for reasons uh, to avoid but that would give us an option for Derek Henry or Ezekiel Elliott you talked about the recent draft that yourself and Sam Wallace did where those two guys kind of continue to slip and continue to slip but again as we talk about long-term value I think that there's very fair that they continue to slip if we're looking at one year upside to try and get you that dominant running back who could potentially get you to a, a championship I think it's a, a fair strategy there and we'll just pair that in with one more set of wide receivers round five and it's amazing how much one year has 
uh, slipped in terms of ADP for Michael Thomas. Obviously, we have the Drew Brees news as well. So there's a couple of factors going into that, but uh, didn't think we'd be seeing him slide down quite as quick as we as we have over the last uh, couple of months. And then the fallback pick there, uh, another veteran wide receiver in Keenan Allen who continues to, particularly in PPR leagues, just be, be pretty much uh, a monster uh, deliverer in terms of points on a consistent basis. So we have a couple of different uh, options there. Eight players, or sorry, six players mentioned uh, any of them that you I think the one that we probably should talk about most is the round four option because I think people know how we feel about those other guys I think round four is the one that maybe we we don't talk about as much yeah when you get into round four here and you have a shot at Derek Henry or Ezekiel Elliott it's not something that you have to take and in most approaches I would say you know still don't take those guys let them fall when Sam and I did the draft off back in January we had those guys in the fifth round and so when you're looking to build for the long term these running backs in that sort of age range and production range where Henry limited without the receptions, Elliot limited because he was so bad last season. And we have to consider that to be a red flag, even though Dak Prescott wasn't there, Elliot was a little bit injured, that kind of thing. So we have the red flags at the same time. We're talking about players who could very easily be mid first round picks in redraft in a normal redraft league. And when we're trying to stack players here to get the very highest upside starting lineup, those guys become very, very interesting. Derrick Henry in a position where, yeah, he doesn't have the upside of a McCaffrey or an Alvin Kamara. You know, he's not going to be your Marshall Falk type of player. But in terms of scoring a lot of points related to what the cost is, Henry right there very consistently. When we look at the season he's had last year, there's not necessarily a, a big reason to be concerned. We're not seeing any red flags with the falloff like we have with Ezekiel Elliott. You mentioned those wide receivers, Stephon Diggs or DeAndre Hopkins early, Michael Thomas or Keenan Allen in round five. One of the things that we now have through five rounds, we have two star running backs. We have two very good wide receivers. We have a star tight end. And so we're really starting to build out that starting lineup with guys who are going to be better than the person that they're playing in that similar slot every single week. And so the question then comes is, you know, what happens as we get a little bit later? We have to take care of that quarterback position. We are going to let quarterbacks fall a little bit farther. In round six, we have Mike Evans as the pick. We have Kenny Galladay as the fallback. Uh, Madison had a great article on Kenny Galladay, Daniel Jones on the site recently. You know, Make sure you go and check that out, why you might be targeting those guys and Galladay in particular for redraft. Again, here we're getting very high upside players in round six. And then in round seven and eight, we do finally get to the quarterbacks here where Tom Brady is the pick, Matt Ryan is the fallback. That one's still going to be a little bit interesting. The news out of Atlanta coming out that now the GM and the head coach are on the same page. Uh, when it comes to that number four overall pick, it'll be interesting to see what that page is. My guess, based on the different rumors and scuttlebutt that's coming out, uh, we could always be in a situation where between when we record and release that this does change a little bit. But I think they're going to trade that pick for an absolute boatload of other picks that makes a little bit more sense you don't necessarily want to give up on a franchise quarterback early and with as good as that team could be if they finally just made some decent moves in the draft did a little bit more roster building it makes a little bit more sense to go that way than go the direction that the packers went last year then round eight we have daniel jones and Derek carr as the fallback Again, Madison's article, very convincing in terms of Jones with the bounce back season. Derek Carr, one of those guys who is not going to give you high-end quarterback production, 
but is safer than people realize, a little bit younger than people realize, could have this five, six year, you know, very solid window. Colin, you were talking about guys who actually might be able to produce for a while. Carr, I think, fits that category. How do you feel about going here with Tom Brady and Daniel Jones? Again, with Brady, you're looking at someone where two, three years, you're going to have to use those draft picks uh, that you have coming up to replace him. You're going to have to uh, take a little bit of risk with those draft picks. And perhaps, you know, if you are successful, you win, you have the 112 the next year, maybe the one, you know, 10, 111 the following year. You're looking more at guys like maybe a Mac Jones than you are a Justin Fields. And so you're going to have some limitations at QB going forward. But Tom Brady, especially the second half of last year, I think that it can be a temptation to overrate the playoff performance, but someone who's going to be a solid low-end QB1, and you can get him here in round seven. Yeah, I think it's um, one of those ones that's like, you know, when you say you have to hold your nose and make a pick, I think he can like make that pick. I think it goes against a lot of things as well that we would normally talk about. But uh, I know I know a couple of topics we've talked about recently with Brady have leaned towards us you know, making that move. I personally would still go the Matt Ryan route. You know, uh, we touched on Julio Jones last week. Obviously, like, we like a lot of pieces on that roster, as you mentioned there. there I think there's still, like, there could be a quick turnaround there in Atlanta. Uh, I probably lean towards Matt Ryan, but I think both of those guys are similar values. And I think if we're looking in, like, a three-year window, you know, I still, I, I've given up doubting Tom Brady a long time ago, but I still don't feel like we're looking two, three years down the line. I think it's a year-by-year year thing. And although the Falcons may take a quarterback in this draft, I think the sensible approach, like you mentioned, is to trade it back. They've seen what has happened in those recent trades, and they can get quite a bit of capital, I think, in return. So I think they would move back, still have options at the quarterback position in terms of who they want to pick, unless they're in love with somebody at that fourth spot and I think then even if there is a rookie comes in I don't think it's a rookie that comes in to take Matt Ryan's job this year if it's a case then that the rookie does really well we could have something like the uh, Alex Smith uh, situation in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes coming in in the second year and Matt Ryan then getting moved for possibly even more draft capital for the Falcons so I would lean towards Ryan um, out of those two guys in round seven I think they're both valid options at that point uh, and then you mentioned uh, round eight with Carr and Jones I think the upside is definitely the Daniel Jones play um, I think Derek Carr is the safer play so I agree as well with making the move for Jones there if the option is available um, two young quarterbacks still like Derek Carr he's not young but in terms of what we're seeing quarterbacks go we're looking at that tier you know with Rodgers with Breeze just retiring with Tom Brady with even Matt Ryan who doesn't feel like an old quarterback but 35 years old going to be 36 here in a couple of weeks so quarterback positions getting much more uh, veteran as we move forward and that there's allowing these younger guys like a Derek Carr to still have room to uh, play over the next five six years uh, moving forward the next round is a round where I think the pick here Sean had to be an auto pick I think uh, for Tyler Boyd uh, I don't think there's a draft that we're able to uh, pass up the opportunity to do to draft Tyler Boyd um, getting a little bit older but as younger I think than people would expect then we have the fallback of uh, Adam Thielen um, two two wide receivers who we've talked about again um, a little bit recently. I know you touched on Adam Thielen on last week's show. Uh, anything you want to add for those guys, or we move along towards the uh, towards some of these running back picks that we've got coming up here? 
Yeah, so in, in round nine there, you do still have the option of some immediate impact wide receivers. In this particular format, you need to be very wide receiver heavy. Make sure you get those guys in there. You have to have the depth. You do want wide receivers in your flex positions. And that brings us to the first sort of pivot round here. In all of the rest of the rounds, what we've given is a pick and a fallback from the same position, in part because those actually work pretty well. I tried not to, I wouldn't have forced it if it didn't, if it just simply did not work, but that allows us to have a sense of, you know, what we're looking at in terms of building the team structurally and from a positional perspective in round 10, we have some options, right? You can go with Chris Carson as your pick, Melvin Gordon as your fallback. Both of those guys, very interesting, at least for this season, Denver's offense should bounce back a little bit. They've gotten, they've gotten rid of a little bit of the competition that he faced last season chris carson back there in seattle where he has done a fantastic job anytime that he's healthy a real fantasy weapon so you could go that route and make sure you have these this third running back option behind your starters the other way that we could go would be to really try to continue to build that wide receiver depth and take either tyler lockett or will fuller fuller someone perhaps a little bit longer window lockett someone a little bit older perhaps a little bit lower upside, especially with the rhetoric surrounding the Seattle offense last, you know, at, at the end of last season, during the offseason now, but someone who, if things just kind of fall back into place, I think that a lot of the turmoil around this team is going to settle down as they get back into practice, get back into games. The offense is going to find its way again, and, and suddenly it's going to be a situation where, yes, Russell Wilson, a very good quarterback, these wide receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, very good wide receivers. You're going to see that better efficiency again. The second half of last season, a little bit of a fluke, and these guys will give you value. So, Colin, with this being such a wide receiver-heavy format, number one, Dynasty by its very nature is much more wide receiver-heavy, and then the Rotovix Triflex leagues really allow you to take advantage of that by allowing a lot of wide receivers to play if for whatever reason you have a quarterback hurt you can't get to that second super flex and you could play six wide receivers in your starting lineup which direction do you like going in round 10 this is where it starts to get interesting and you mentioned earlier about um kind of reverse drafting and it's something that i've mentioned on the show a number of times that i think uh, is something that you do better than pretty much anyone else and that's been able to see where if you make these decisions how that team then will look like in hindsight so obviously when you're drafting live you don't have the benefit of hindsight to see how they they fell out unless you do that preparation so here's where it gets interesting is you know Carson or Garden versus Tyler Lockett or Will Fuller and how that shakes out for the rest of your lineup I think you you did mention obviously the, the depth at wide receiver is very very tempting to to go that route I think though having Chris Carson or having Melvin Garden is going to give you that extra running back that gives you a little bit of uh, wiggle room as we, we we move further down the draft I think if if we make a pick here and we go wide receiver I think we start to really have to go and get that next running back piece so for the listeners going back to the start we've taken our running back in round one either Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook when we get into round four it's Henry or Elliott and then we've waited and if we continue to wait beyond this part it becomes very very slim pickings the one thing though that we may talk about in our draft strategy is we have got to running backs that we usually wouldn't have at this point so you have the option as well to set but I think if you're going all in on year one, I think 
the option here is to take that running back. Um, I, I'm quite intrigued to see what Melvin Gordon does this year. I think we've seen what the Seahawks want to do. We, we've seen what Chris Carson does when that offense is, is going pretty well. And I think there is a limited upside in terms of what we'll see with Chris Carson. With the offense for... Um, for Denver there's a lot of question marks still as to how good that upside is but I think when we look at Gordon I think we could we could start to see him from a PPR perspective be used um, a little bit more this season and that'll give him that safer floor and then give him also the upside as well um, we, we've seen him um, with the Chargers and what he can do um, and while a lot of injuries I think have sapped him a little bit off those legs they had I still think they're there's a lot of uh, upside um, at that value in round 10 so I think again I would be leaning towards towards him there and I think I would as, as hard as it is I would be bypassing on the, the wide receivers purely with the target of winning in year one if that was your strategy here we get into an interesting uh, situation now where we, we start to look a little bit again at the tight end position we have some interesting tight end questions as well coming up on Thursday's podcast a sneak peek there for the listeners but round 11 we have logan thomas and Joni smith we talked about Joni smith um a couple of weeks back when he signed with the patriots it's quite a, quite an interesting uh, one there i think though with the weapons that are currently in washington um i think i would lean there towards towards uh, thomas sorry I, I was actually very impressed with what he did last year and how he's starting to develop as a tight end so i, I would be leaning there with you um uh, with him over smith Next up in round 12, then we have Robbie Anderson and Jarvis Landry. Two players I think are, are both really, really extreme values when we get to this point. Um, have you a preference, Sean, over one of those moving forward here? Um, you know, Anderson had a, a bounce back year, I guess, or a, a big year for him last year, whereas Landry kind of stayed at that solid point that we've seen throughout his entire career. Yeah, I, I think that Robbie Anderson, once you get to this point, is a pretty exciting pick. The Panthers are really all over the place, the Sam Darnold acquisition and what that means for the team. Obviously, those two have played together, played together with, with decent success. I mean, Anderson uh, did flash at some points. I think that stronger coaching and a better overall offensive scheme is really going to change things in terms of their connection <laughs> compared to what it was uh, when they were with the Jets. At the same time, it's not the home run addition at QB that we were hoping for for the Panthers there. These QB juggling here can make quite a bit of difference for some of these players in this range. Logan Thomas in the previous round, as you mentioned, I think is a crazy value for tight end, really sort of a poor man's Darren Waller, someone who might come in and do some of the same things for them if you really look at how he came on during the season. The question is just, you know, will things really change in a very negative way? Will they add Kyle Pitts? Will they do what the rumors have been for the last 24, 48 hours where they give a, a huge haul of picks and move up for Trey Lance? If you're talking about maybe a little bit of a run first rookie QB versus Ryan Fitzpatrick and the things that he does for an offense, then that changes very significantly the value of Thomas there. So when you're making these early drafts, you're going to have to take a little bit of risk in terms of how things might change during the draft column as we get into rounds 13 14 and 15 then the structure for these leagues which, which you talked about before and we think is good you can only take three quarterbacks so you can't get out there and just stash all of the guys that does create a little bit of an interesting dynamic when we get into this range who we want to target for that third guy now i have in round 13 we have fitzpatrick and the fallback with Rossberger. Obviously, Fitzpatrick could be someone who loses his job if they go in a different direction. I think Roethlisberger becomes a little bit more the pick as opposed to the fallback pick there. 
in rounds 15, our alternative picks are Garoppolo and Dalton, a similar kind of situation where if you hit those guys, then you may need to make some moves as you go along. The alternate pick in round 13, Zach Moss, Raheem Mostert. The normal picks in round 15 are Hines and Rashad Penny. So we have this opportunity to either take a little bit higher running backs and bypass those safer quarterbacks or take a little bit lower running backs and get those QB guys there. So some alternate options there. The round 14 picks, we have Zach Ertz and Hayden Hurst. Again, situations where I think that these tight ends who are a little bit older but still offer quite a bit of both safety and upside in the tight end premium format where they become much more viable flexes. One of the things that people talk about is that sometimes in the tight end premium format, the tight ends can get a little bit overvalued because that premium does help most of the tight ends, not just the better players, right? But when we're in these leagues where you have multiple flex options, we want to be aware of just the fact that those tight ends can be flexes. And we look at those guys versus desperation options at running back and wide receiver. It becomes a better approach to have both that safety and the ability to plug them in. Ertz still someone who I think is going to end up as a starter somewhere, and then we'll get to see if he really is done. I think if you get him in round 14, getting to see him in a different team, uh, a team that has decided to make that move for him and puts him in a good role, interesting pick there. Hayden Hurst is going to be just your fallback kind of guy, but someone who's very startable, at least startable again, if the Falcons don't add Kyle Pitts. So that's our 15-round approach to putting together the 2021 champion. And Colin, when you look at this roster and how it compares to what you can get on a normal redraft team, it really jumps out to you just how much of an advantage it is to be able to get these particular guys. Yeah, so when you break it down in terms of who we finished up with there, you would end up with the two first rounders, two second rounders, one third rounder, and two fourth rounders, which is going to give you seven uh, basically top four round picks throughout those entire uh, 15 rounds so you can see how you can really jam um, based on the the redraft ADP those real top end uh, talents obviously that there is like I mentioned earlier if it doesn't work out in year one it could turn out to be very bad but if it works out in year one it's likely based on the success that all those guys have had so you're going to retain your value there as well so it's one of those uh, double-edged swords but it's an interesting run through to look at and you mentioned there as well Zach Ertz um, Ertz still with the Eagles but um, likely to be cut after June 1st based on his current contract uh, I think that if he isn't a trade target during the draft for another team uh, he will be cut by the Eagles and I think somebody's going to pick him up then I, I think there's there's so much upside in the 14th round for, for him um, I think it's a, a no-brainer to take him at that point obviously we're getting close to the NFL draft um, there's been some fantastic work up on the website and Sean's mentioned in a couple of shows but I just wanted to give a mention again to Travis May's pieces that he's doing for the 2021 NFL Pro Days uh, the full results and commentary that he's giving on that is up on the site uh, the Pro Days are are pretty much uh, done and dusted at this point and um, I think it's, it's well worth heading over and checking that out a fantastic resource just a, a one place 
to get everything uh, i would highly recommend if you haven't checked it out to head on over i mentioned a couple of weeks ago when he first started out that it was a page that i was going to bookmark uh, so if you haven't bookmarked it already head on over read through the whole thing as you get ready for the draft of course you can get yourself a discount to a road of his nfl subscription you can get yourself 10 percent off as a loyal podcast listener and all you have to do is add the code rv radio 2021 at checkout or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information on that you mentioned Travis, his work has been fantastic. We are going to have volume two of the Rotovis rookie guy coming out uh, toward the end of this week. It's going to be fantastic, just like the first volume there. We've got more stuff from Travis. He's working with Dave Cabin. Uh, Dave has the really cool uh, workout explorer up on the site where you can see uh, all of the workout results from the prospects you can see how that compares uh, historically you can see who their their closest comps are you can see how their closest comps have performed at the nfl level they're going to have some cool images from that into the guide i'm looking at freak scores both for running backs and wide receivers matt spencer has recently updated those formulas for us showing how uh height weight speed translates into touchdown scoring at the nfl level uh, Blair Andrews, obviously involved with more of the great stuff that he always does. Curtis will be breaking down our new mock drafts in three different formats, including the format that is uh, very, very similar, basically identical to the Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty Leagues. And so you'll be getting all that in the second version of the guide. I had a series on running backs and all the key metrics over the last week. So if you're trying to figure out who you want to pick at the running back position, you can check that out. But we're excited that volume two uh, of the draft guide is going to be out shortly. Yeah, actually, a good few uh, people reach out via the email address and uh, through Twitter over the last week just to find out that they're they're really ready for it. Uh, they're looking to get that next edition. Edition one was obviously uh, superb. Um, and as I mentioned at the start of the show, we are closing in on the 200th edition of the show. We hit that in a couple of weeks. And as a way to say thank you, as uh, all all the great listeners who reach out uh, throughout the this is actually I think the fourth year now we've actually been doing the show, but uh, three seasons and. Um, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a contest for that to enter and we haven't announced the prize yet uh, we will be announcing that in the coming weeks but to enter all you have to do is drop a five-star review on your favorite podcast app we do appreciate each and every one that is uh, added uh, it's always good to read through them um, and we do really appreciate it, it helps us uh, in terms of the podcast charts and recommendations and so on so much much appreciated until we're back on thursday with another edition of the podcast you can send us your requests your thoughts on the show whatever you have to send our way you can send it to me on twitter at overtime ireland you can send it to rotavizradio at gmail.com and of course you can check out all of sean's great work as well up on the rotaviz.com website along with all the other content that we have mentioned on today's show so until we're back with that next episode on thursday have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network.
Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.